Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 90 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call out our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico! Howdy, y'all. I'm still on hiatus, so the number hasn't changed. <laughs> and leg day. I've got 3,876 hours laying pillars. Lots and lots of pillars. So, uh, it's been a quiet week content-wise for the game. No new patch was released. The third great migration for legacy servers was announced. Wildcard asked its players what tribe size everyone enjoys, and we're going to discuss whether or not this might be a precursor to something more. And then we'll be talking about the Equus in our Arc Avenue segment. All this and more later on in the episode, but before we get to all that, let's hit up the YouTube comments. Izuni Gaming says, I am nitpicking here, but at 49 minutes about someone uh, someone comments on military body armor. There are no metal plates used, but yes, uh, the sappy plates are heavy as hell. Uh, yeah, when you look, uh, a lot of times when people show them, they look like they're metal, so it's just easier to say that because that's what most people will understand. But, you know, he's, he's completely right. But yeah, they're still heavy. A lot of weight. So we did have two similar comments uh, from SparkWolf90 and Scott. And uh, Spark says, to the response about how serious people take games now, that's pretty realistic. Colleges are offering scholarships, prize money to be made from championships, etc. To a lot of people, it starts to become a job instead of a game. And Scott also said this on Reddit saying, colleges are offering scholarships, prize money to be made from championships, etc. To a lot of people, it starts to become a job instead of a game well so pay me but once again you know you do these things in a, a video game tournament or in real life there are real world real life consequences to it so what does it say about those who aren't making money from this that continue to do these things and by what we're talking about is last week we talked about or discussed uh one particular tribe was using a Discord bot under false pretenses to glean conversations and information from other people's Discord channels. I mean, money is involved, yes, but it doesn't excuse the actions. Oh, of course not, but it is what it is. I mean, it's one of those things of, at this point, it's... It'd be more surprising that it... Uh, almost more surprising that it didn't happen at this point. The game's gotten to the point where it's... I mean, people used to go crazy over freaking WoW, and that's not even nearly as freaking bloodthirsty as arc yeah man imagine if twitch had been around when wow first started i mean i was uh i was part of a guild very briefly and i was one of the officers because i was the guild i was the guild leader's roommate so i just somehow got made an officer so i had to go to a freaking uh, we actually had like a funeral for a member and we got freaking raided in the middle of it and, and i don't know why we were wow. in an open pvp zone that was just stupid on their part but mm-hmm I think of it. I mean, so the definition of taking it uh, taking it too seriously. If you're breaking laws, you're taking it too seriously. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Paranoid says SJW is a pejorative term. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next generation gaming says touch one thing, break a dozen. I have a song for you for this. Uh, ninety nine little bugs in the code. Ninety nine little bugs. Take one down. Patch it around. One hundred seventeen bugs in the code right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> As for the SJW stuff, the entire time you were reading the post, I was just saying out loud things like, of course you would go there, and I know where this is going. I have a name for people like this, the Perpetually Offended. <laughs> yep. Indeed. Uh, Mala Musk uh, 
was curious about your leg day and asked, did leg day activate demon mode? The deep voice is real, bro. I have no idea. I actually, am, I was trying to do that again before today's recording. Yeah, you're and, uh, perfectly, you sound perfectly normal. Again. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also went on to say, Sean and the podcast team, I look forward to your podcast and comments each week. I was just curious if the wildcard team has ever reached out to you and commended you on your efforts. Uh, <laughs> that would be shut a, down. Yeah, that would be a solid no. <laughs> I, 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 I randomly get bl- uh, blocked on Twitter occasionally and then get unblocked again. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, I, I've said this before on the podcast. Well, I mean, I know why I get blocked. I'm not sure why I get unblocked. <laughs> I said it before on the podcast, but I did get banned from the official service for posting one of our episodes a while back where we were talking about, um, I think it was a class action loss because somebody brought it up in one of the Reddits and we were discussing whether or not there's validity to it. Um, I didn't get a warning or anything. I just got a straight ban from their official forums. So, yeah. Um, don't expect them to talk to us anytime soon. Kibonika Wolfboy writes, The only way that I can get in contact with a mod to help is to pull my Rex out of a hole that they never filled in was to make it public on the forums by putting my complaint number ID and then within an hour I got contacted. So, yeah, basically trying to post a message will get you a response more times than waste, waiting than you would normally do wait for a response if you go through the proper channels. I think we're going to be seeing more of these slight changes towards balancing. We might see a reduction cost to building and other crafting that way people don't depend on the events. This should have been done a long time ago, but also some things need to be changed as well as how much you carry for food, etc. I don't need to get into the boring nitty gritty all poor mechanics added to the game. So I've recently had the opportunity to use uh, wildcard support, and I found it surprisingly nice and responsive with a huge caveat to that. Number one, mm-hmm. the issue still isn't solved. And number two, um, the... Uh, sorry there for a minute. I was nice, responsive, supportive, except it didn't ha- uh, help at all. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> just getting back to it. Uh, yeah, it was... I, they think they were responsive. They just haven't solved the issue, and I didn't have any uh, problems with them. I think the... Um, when I res- replied to emails, I got an immediate response back. It's just scheduling it is the issue, right? They got it back. Yeah. So the best, like, in order to actually meet a GM, it's taken me like three weeks. That and uh, they seem to have nine to five jobs for their customer support. So if you work a nine to five job, you're kind of out of luck. Oh, right. Yeah, that's actually a problem for me. I had to reschedule around some stuff. Yeah, very annoying. And then uh, Next Generation Gaming also wrote, Hmm, something completely off-topic. I thought of that you guys would get a kick out of. So, Gigantopithecuses can hold both a shoulder mount and a player. That player can also hold both a shoulder mount and a Dodo Beetle, beetle Kairuku. Crabs can then hold the <laughs> the Gigantopithecus and can be carried by Quetzals. So, technically, you could have a Quetzal holding a crab, holding two Gigantopithecuses, each holding a shoulder mount, and a player holding a shoulder mount and a Dodo Beetle or Kairuku. I can only imagine how glitchy this abomination would be. To what end? Well, it rem- <laughs> reminds me back in the day they used to do platform stacking for fun. You know? Yeah. <laughs> put, a, put a Brano on top of a Titan and put a Parasair on top of you that. Know, I, I remember, would like to see a screenshot back in the Pepperidge Farms days, but... Uh... Um, Yota contacted me and uh, Charlie. He's like, hey, you gotta come up to the top of the volcano and, uh, and see something. We're like, okay. We get up there and th- there, there's literally a quetz with a Bronto on it. We're going, what the hell? And then we're just like, and there's Rex there and there are people standing on it holding things. What? <laughs> what? 
the things people will do. What can I say? I have to see if I still have a screenshot of that. <laughs> I lost a lot of my screenshots when I lost my old hard drive. Ugh, makes me sad. All right, so let's move on to threads, tweets, etc. So obviously we've been seeing um, fewer and fewer times to evolution events. This is not surprising because Wildcard has been wanting to cut down on them and they seem to finally be falling through. We didn't have one this current weekend, but we will be having one starting May 25th, which is this coming weekend. But uh, Adrian5454 asked, what's everyone's opinion on the fewer evolution events? And he goes on to write, I really dislike how they are doing less and less evolution events. Not that long ago, they did evolution events almost every week, two times on everything. But not only do they now do the events every second week, it seems that the events will be worse with lower and useless multipliers, like, for example, one and a half times harvesting, three times growth, etc. I understand that they want different types of events, not the same two times on everything that some people think is overpowered, but these events are so bad. The planned event was one and a half harvest, three times crop growth, and one and a half recipe crafting skill. The best thing with that event is one and a half harvesting, which is really low compared to previous events. Remember that the only reason why we had one and a half times breeding is because Wildcard couldn't get the recipe craft and multiply working. But I can't complain about the mini breeding event we had. It was too long ago we had any kind of maturation event, so it was a nice surprise. Those are the types of events we should have more, uh, more often, even if it's not two times plus breeding. Well, he's missing I, out on the, the one and a half times recipe crafting skill. That's a big one. I, I think the uh, events are harmless. They don't do any damage. So I, I guess that's why I don't have a huge problem with them. Well, technically they do because it really ex expedites the building process for a lot of tribes. And I think that's what Wildcard really wants to curb a bit for the most part. My problem is they do it on the weekends, which is where people would rather be doing other things. Other things, yeah. It, it depends who you are. It, it's helping out your lower-aged players, really. But it, the the lower-aged players aren't the ones complaining about it. It's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the... the the adults, those who have jobs during the week, or right? Who you know, yeah, they play during the evening, but then when the weekend comes, they don't want to be playing again. They want to go out and have fun. Well, also the thing is, you can just play the game on the weekends, and you'll get twice as much done as you would normally. Yeah, but it really boils down to I think a lot of people who are complaining aren't really playing the game the best they can, especially when it comes to farming and producing materials. And we talked about this in a, a previous episode, actually given tips and things like that but they, most of the time it boils down to they don't know how to farm officially they don't know where to maximize or don't know how to maximize the output that they can do within the short amount of time they have to play time management is a big thing in this game yeah very yeah. much so it is interesting because some people were claiming like uh, it's helping to kill the game not having them every weekend and I don't think so I really don't think it's going to kill the game if they cut back on the times two events not at all. All right, uh, let's move on. So uh, the bug report Monday thread was up, and I really didn't pay much attention to it. So one particular um, listener brought it to my attention. There is a prone exploit in order to help bypass turrets. And this was posted by Friendly Dodo, and they wrote, Hello, everyone. For a while now, there has existed a bug with auto turrets that allows a player to run up to them almost unharmed. This has been reported several times through official channels, but little has changed. To run up to auto turrets, all you need is to have three things. A shield, uh, they tested 10 turrets with wooden primitive and black and naked. Some clothes, and the prone key. 
Simply find the base you dislike and spam the X key like there's no tomorrow while holding your shield and moving towards the base. You will notice that very few or even no bullets will hit you. Congratulations, you can now pull out your rocket or C4 and repeat till there is a convenient hole. If you fail to do this, then just go on single player, enable creative mode, and make some bases that look like your enemies to practice on, or use a macro to spam prone since that is the problem. I tried other methods such as zigzagging while spamming prone, different ways have different effectiveness, but the overall issue is going prone rapidly. This seems less effective with Plan X fire patterns, but auto turrets are no threat with this, so I would like Wildcard to fix this bug. There are other bugs that still exist such as character duplicating under specific conditions, but this I feel is the most important to fix right now. Not bothered testing this with tech turrets because I'm not seeing many servers with them. Sadly, I can't upload a video to YouTube because my laptop overheats while playing Ark. But feel free, anyone else, to share this so it gets fixed. Yeah, well, that's a pretty nasty bug, and uh, that's yeah, horrible. It's absolutely horrible, and I'm wondering how many people have been using this for a while now. I mean, just prone a shield and some armor, and you're able to get up to a base and blow in without the turret doing any damage to you, except for maybe a random bullet, as they were telling me. It's crazy. Yeah, actually, I wonder how well known this is. Um, well, according to Friendly Dota, it's been around for a while, so who knows? I mean, I have yet, I haven't really seen anybody try this when we've been on, so this is more likely being kept hush hush and more for offline raiders, really, than anything. You don't want to do this while everybody can watch you, but offline raiding, I'm sure a lot of people would take advantage of this. But yeah, uh, speaking of other bugs, there's a swamp. Fever bug, according to Friendly Dodo as well, who wrote, After wondering why my oxygen duration was not always increasing by having swamp fever, I checked the ARC forms and found a post titled Swamp Fever, swamp fever Food or Water Oxygen Buff Disabled from Beds. By testing myself, the oxygen, food, and water stat changes that are improved by having the fever do not function after spawning at a bed until you respawn at a normal spawn point, e.g. or ergo, 100 oxygen is still 33 seconds, but 66 if you if you spawn not at a bed, and sometimes even halves to 16 seconds or whatever your oxygen stat equivalent is. This bug has existed for a while, but I didn't think this was the cause, and it seems that few players notice these issues. Otherwise, since most players spawn at beds whenever they can, the only benefit left of Swamp Fever is the speed increase. Could this bug please be fixed so that spawning at beds provides all the advantages of Swamp Fever instead of just speed? Interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, well, I'm not surpri uh, surprised that it doesn't work right most of the time. And I didn't realize that uh, it gave you, it allowed you to go through your oxygen a lot at a slower pace, which I thought was interesting. I still want to see more diseases. Yeah, uh, it's, it's one of those things we wish uh, Wildcard had really followed up on for the most part. <laughs> Let's move on. So Jeb posted up an interesting tweet, and uh, he said, Are there many unofficial nightmare servers? I feel like the novelty would fade off after a day or so. And he posted up a, a screenshot of a nightmare server that's uh, that's 24-7 nights, 24-7 fog, gamma disabled, and then said, and is described, The server is designed to scare the crap out of the player. Everyone will carry torches to see, but that makes them easy to spot by other players. It's easier to hide in the dark and fog, but it's also easy to get ambushed by wild dinos and other players. Either way, it's an unnerving playing experience. So uh, I need to look into these nightmare servers because I'm intrigued by this. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> we could have log on at least once. 
<laughs> I think we would have a lot of fun. I think you'd walk into servers that didn't have any players on it, so the entire spook factor would be almost none. Mm -hmm. Certainly intriguing. Imagine if they put that uh, as a specialty server when those start launching. Halloween. Ooh, yeah, that'd be perfect. For oh, Halloween. man, imagine the rage. <laughs> imagine. Imagine they, if that was a Halloween event. It was 24-7 night, fog all the time for the duration of the Halloween event this year. A lot that, of interesting raids. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, beginning servers. Alpha Bulbdog had some uh, criticisms about it and writes, So, to make this brief, the single biggest problem in these servers is the strength of metal tier structures compared to the most advanced raiding tools that are available. That is, metal is insanely OP on these servers. A grenade does 237 damage to a metal structure. Doors have 6,250 HP. Should it really take almost 30 grenades to break down one door? A door costs 10 ingots and 4 paste to produce, whereas it costs over 810 gunpowder, 108 oil, and 54 ingots to produce the grains to take this out. Let's not forget that due to the lack of industrial forges, getting the charcoal for 810 gunpowder takes at least a little bit of time. I hope that the imbalance of resource investment here is self-evident to any readers. Am I really supposed to tame a titan on the beginner service to raid any size base bigger than a 2x2? Two two? There is an easy solution to all this. Remove all metal structure engrams from the supply drops. Wipe all existing metal structure blueprints. It is probably not necessary to wipe currently existing metal structures because it is somewhat early on and there has not been an extreme amount of structure spam. So already existing metal structures will be highly targeted. I urge Wildguard to keep in mind that a quick response to this will have the best outcome. The longer you delay, the more problematic it will become. <laughs> quick response. <laughs> um, I think this guy is missing the point of these servers. The, the point isn't to learn how to raid everyone in sight, which maybe arguably that's learning the game. But I think uh, the point is for people to learn the mechanics without having to worry about constantly getting wiped. By yeah, Omega Tribes. That's not going to happen because tribes and veteran players are going to go to these servers and take them over. I actually want to do this We myself. were discussing this, weren't we? Yeah, we were. but you don't have to worry about your little thatch hut getting shot up by tech tapas. I don't know. I, I don't see the point in implementing the, what he's suggesting. So the reason why is because it's just insanely time-consuming to try and blow into somebody's metal base if they have well, it's one. It's insanely time-consuming to make a metal base. If you're if you run uh, working under those restrictions, not really. I think we I could do pretty well even at level forty four. I think Let's if play. I'm a new player, that's what I want. I want a base that's like really strong and hard to break into. This mm -hmm. is so people can learn the game without their crap getting wiped. Up. The scale of defense versus offense on this is quite clearly in the defensive nature. Mm -hmm. But even so, there's still going to be those who's going to wipe, be able to wipe everybody. Though I am curious, is the C4 blueprint available in the drops as well? I doubt it. Hmm, that's something we'll have to try and investigate. I would hope they wouldn't put that in there on a server like that. I mean, that would seem pointless. It doesn't take a lot of explosives to blow up a metal wall. I mean, to be honest, he, he was talking about, what, 30 grenades, right? Even grenades, grenades are arguably pretty cheap. Leg day, we'll play a game. I'll see how many doors I can put up in a row, and you'll see how many grenades you create. Blow them up. Yeah, exactly. A guy can spend five minutes gathering what he needs to make ten doors, but it's going to take a guy, what, a few hours at least to make enough grenades to blow through one? Well, what's funny to me is it, it's like he's literally upset that he can't white people faster, but it also means that well, his defenses yeah. are stronger. Right? Maybe, unless he's 
he his other complaint is that he can't get to the metal structures fast enough because once again you gotta get lucky enough with the drops to get those BPs. Uh, it just sounds like griefers upset at a mechanic. I don't know. Maybe maybe it just really depends on your playstyle as to how upset you are about these uh, limitations. I mean, it's a beginner server, but I expect people want to wipe each other still, even if it is a beginner server, because it's PvP. Well, they could fight each other out in the out in the island. <laughs> so, last week we had the flak changes go through, and um, people are talking about it a bit. Uh, one particular user, EarthTM, writes, The recent armor weight changes leave many of those who have mind wiped at max level whether it's 100, 115, 130, stuck with a terrible player stat build which cannot be changed, and the increased weight on armor renders many characters worthless. Many of us are forced to make new characters because our current st player stat builds don't align with the current meta of the game. Wildcard, if you're going to make a change this impactful to the meta, at least give people a chance to change their builds, similar to what you did when you changed the engram system. I am not asking for you to mind wipe all players, just give those that have mind wiped at their current level the ability to mind wipe again so we can actually adjust our characters. Yeah, I think people should be allowed to get a mind wipe after the weight armor weight changes that happened last week. You know, I, I mean, guess, just from my but... perspective, I've never liked that you can't, you only get the one mind wipe once you hit max level, because once you hit max level, if you don't quit playing the game, you're going to be stuck with whatever you are for a long time. If you got unlucky and clicked the button wrong, oh well. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if you're max level and you don't have enough weight to carry one set of flak, something's really wrong about the way you did that. It could be they put all their points into speed with a little bit of stamina, maybe some health, and a little bit of weight, but mostly speed. Because a full I mean, set of flak is like, what? 30 70? pounds. Well, I think it's... Um, wait, actually, I'm wearing flak right now. It's 30... Yeah, it's 30 for the chest, 30 for the uh, legs, 4 for everything else. Oh, the hands are 2. Wait, what? It's 60 pounds? No. Uh, unless I'm reading this wrong. Yeah. 60. I oh, 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 uh, correction. It's because I've got it geared up with a wingsuit and a zip. Oh, my God. Because that doesn't make a huge difference. Oh! <laughs> it's 10, base. But oh, you what is everyone complaining you know, about? Big 30 pounds of flak, 20 pounds for a glider if you decide to use it. You've got, what, 15, 20 pounds for a fab sniper? So five instead pounds of taking like whip. 300 things of flak, I only can take like one or two. Wow. <laughs> Re. <laughs> Re. All right, let's move on. Uh, a suggestion comes from the few cents one, and it's for a tech x ray scanner. And he writes. Well, this will probably end up like every other suggestion. People will dislike the topic and say as detailed as possible why this would destroy ARC as we know it, but I want to talk about my ideas anyway, so here we go. A tech x-ray, and here is how it would work. This is a problem especially PvE, PvE players struggle with, but I bet PvP has this problem as well sometimes. You want to hatch an egg, and as it turns out, none of the stats you wanted from the parents got thrown in there. Uh, a drake you want to hatch has crappy vomit green color and you could barf yourself seeing it or a trader rolled you by selling you a trash egg with crappy stats and uh you will never see them again here's where the x-ray comes in it can actually scan what's inside your egg that means no bad surprises about stats or color of an animal no lost time due to wasted incubation time no fraud to sell you a stillborn figuratively speaking able to rather sell the wyvern drake egg than hatching them 
to someone who doesn't care about top-notch stats and color that much instead of raising or killing the baby. Um, if you read further down, there's a post from someone, Leighton Notyal, who says that it wouldn't work because eggs don't have defined stats until mm-hmm. they come out. So, yep. Except that's not entirely true. And I learned this with, with an absolute degree of certainty on, on my server. I, I, I happened to pick up two eggs that were the same uh, level from the same uh, nest. They had a very distinctive natural color on them, and they had identical stats. They spawned at completely different times. Mm-hmm. So they might not have a baby inside of the egg, but that egg and its identifier code already includes everything that's going to be in that egg when it pops out. The problem I see with it is I've, I've heard breeders on two separate occasions from two separate breeders describe popping an egg as kind of like opening up a birthday present. You don't know what's inside. Yep. And I, I think undermining that mechanic would probably take that little um, uh, endorphin rush away. I could do with that. I'd rather see what the stats are the baby has before I waste the time to incubate and hatch it. You know, if the if the sta- if there were defined stats to start with, and then there was a there was a chance for variance in them, which would actually be kind of interesting uh, mechanic on its own. But that would make it uh, much easier that you could see the it will definitely be within X range of these stats. That way, you'd still get the uh, you know the surprise, and it wouldn't warn you about a possible color mutation, and only tell you what the uh, colors based on the parents should be. Well, I'm not a breeder, so I can't comment too much on this. But on the surface, <laughs> it sounds like, yeah, not a good idea. You know, I, I got into breeding on, on the private server, and um, yeah, I, I would I would love that. But yeah, I would want too. it to actually cost, uh, a, like, a few element every time you use it, to be honest. Yeah, I would be perfectly fine with that. Because I can tell you how many times where, you know, I'm trying to get this bloodline going, but... You know, when you're just starting out and you you have to experiment over and over and over until you can get that perfect offspring with the, the stats you need to finally get the line going, that's such a pain. And it would have been such a time saver if I could just see what the offspring was going to be born with and decide whether here's, or not. Mm-hmm. Here's my argument to your multiple element point is it takes 20 eggs to have a chance at uh, getting the parent stats, what you're looking for. I don't think a few element each egg. I think that's excessive. So shards. Maybe maybe have it run on shards. shards. Yeah. Maybe just have it run on shards. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Maybe a, a chance point. to destroy the egg. Chance it gives it a, muta- a negative mutation every time you use it. Yeah. That that would be pretty cool. It's still worth the risk. All right. Uh, let's move on. So, Wildcard Jen posted up a question asking. What tribe size PvP experience do you enjoy the most? And gave four options solo, duo, small tribes, five to ten people, or mega tribes, ten plus people. And uh, there were 8,600 votes, and 47% said small tribes, five to ten players, 20% said mega tribes, ten plus, 20% said duos, and 13% said solo play. So I, I just wanted to bring this up, especially because I thought it was interesting that. Mega tribes were 10 plus. I always thought, and we had this discussion a long time ago. What is an alpha tribe? What, how many players do you have in a, an alpha tribe compared to a mega tribe? I always thought an alpha tribe would be 10 plus and a mega tribe would be 16 or 20 plus players. Yeah, those numbers seem a little low. Yeah. I mean, it varies a lot, but at the top end, man, some of these tribes have huge numbers of players in them. What if they added a tax system 
that once you hit a certain amount, number of members, you suddenly have more to pay in materials to build things. Oh, geez. Oof. Breeding becomes longer, et cetera, et cetera. So once you get above 10, say add 50% increase to everything because you have more people running around. I think we down probably... <laughs> I think we probably see a circumvention where they would use small ally tribes to build up and do maybe an ally snap build-in system, and then when the building is done, they merge the ally into the main tribe and get the, the structures. What about the removal of allies? So, in, in other words, um, what is that, the beginning servers where there's no allies and the tribes are curtailed to only five members maximum? Well, I... I mean, my favorite experience is like the 5 to 10, 15 mm -hmm. member tribe. After that, it's not entertaining in any way, shape, or form. It's go farm. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. So this particular poll brought up uh, a concern or a possibility from a player named Forza Proidle? Proidile? Projectile? Dial, and says uh, upcoming tribes size limit and he writes there seems to be a lot of buzz lately on here and on the internet that in a future patch the tribe size limit will be changed from the current infinite limit to possibly a max of 10. I have noticed that one of the developers Jen recently asked for opinions on Twitter about what tribe size most people prefer. From reading through the replies given it seems an extreme majority think that 5 to 10 should be the max tribe size with very few saying that mega tribe should remain. Even people in mega tribes that have replied are admitting they would prefer to play in a smaller tribe, but feel forced into mega tribes in order to compete with the other mega tribes, i.e., the vicious cycle. I think if this happens, it really will revamp the game and, in particular, make PvP a lot better for the majority of players. Sure, a few players in this 100 plus tribes will have a fit, but they have always been the minority, anyways. This would be the single largest chance change to our gameplay since release. Which is why I don't think it would happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I think what they would do is they would launch some new servers with that limit. That's what I was thinking. If they decide that this is going to be a thing, it'll be new PvP servers. They won't change the current uh, current servers to do away with the tribe limits and all that. In hindsight, it would have been interesting to see how Ark would have evolved had that limit been in there since the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Things would have been so much more different. Well, just bigger alliances of smaller tribes. <laughs> Pretty much. But that would be a logistical nightmare for a fight, to be honest. Okay. What about no alliances as well? I, I think if we do see new official PvP servers coming up, they might have it where there's no alliances and tribe size limit or tribe sizes will be limited to ten or so if that were to happen. But I think they would lose a lot of players if they did this on the servers as it is now. And while the, the gentleman who posted this seems to be of the opinion that the Megatribes are in the minority, that's not really the case. They make up a significant portion of the player base. And they're the ones who tend to drive the well drive the game into the people's consciousness for the most part from their Twitch streams, their YouTube videos. Without the Megatribes, you wouldn't have all this content. I think if you include the unofficials, I think that number would probably be skewed the other direction. Uh, yeah, true, true. All right, uh, let's move on. The Community Crunch 131 came out, and uh, they briefly talked about their um, live stream that happened last week. 
Uh, this is a bi-weekly thing, and you know, they thanked everybody for coming, so I figured we should comment on it. I don't think any of you guys watched the live stream or the VOD yet. No, not yet. Okay. So, it involves Twitch, and I just can't be it, bothered. For PvEers, it was worth it, I guess. For PvPers, not at all. I mean, the very first thing everybody started complaining about on the stream was the bloom. They they loaded the game up and the bloom quality was just defaulted. Everybody was like, we can't see. You're blinding us here. <laughs> um, they showcased, uh, they did the mod showcase of Anza and Immersive Taman. And personally, I, while the map was cool and the Immersive Taman was interesting, it if it has no effect on the, the game itself, on official servers, I don't care. So I was pretty bored out of my mind with the stream. Um, my interest peaked a little when they brought on Gigi Fizz, who's a YouTuber uh, who does some really cool building skills, and they were going to have a building contest between Gigi Fizz and then Zenro and Jen on the other team. But it wasn't for a building. It was to build a dino of their choice. What? Yeah. Interesting builds. Uh, I think uh, Gigi Fizz went to build a turtle, and then Jen and Zenro decided to build a dodo bird. Uh, another critique I have for this was that during the entire stream, none of them were really paying attention to the chat or interacting with the Twitch stream chat. Though after the, the live stream had ended, Jed and a couple other guys were in the Twitch chat talking to people, which was I thought pretty cool, but this was something that should have been happening during the stream itself. So uh, really not looking forward to another live stream of this unless they plan to actually talk about what they're doing with the game, showcasing what they plan to do with the game officially, not keep looking at mods and things like that. That's for other people to do, not them, I think. At least that's my opinion of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get the working with mods on the official, uh, you know, stream. It's weird. I mean, I'd get it if these were being incorporated into the game itself, but they're, they're not. I mean, they're, they're paying people to make mods, but these aren't in, being incorporated into the base game. So it, it is kind of weird. I mean, we're still waiting for Structures Plus to eventually be integrated into ARC, officially. Or at least aspects of it. Or aspects of it, yeah. very. Have true. they mentioned that at all at any time? Not for a long time. We're going on, what, six months since we last heard anything about Structures Plus? Pretty much. Anything official, I should say. Okay, um, so they also announced the next great migration for legacy servers and write, Once again, it is time to remove some of, some of our lower populated legacy ARC servers on PC, Xbox, and PS4 from our official legacy network. Over time, the ARC population has migrated from legacy to non-legacy, and in its wake left many servers with low populations for 0-1 to one players in a significant amount of cases. So uh, these servers will be taken offline on June 12th. And they posted a list of servers that will be deleted come June 12th. So I used to pay attention to this to try to save my legacy characters, but I've given up hope on them ever merging them, so whatever. Yeah. Well, we, we talked about it, what, two weeks ago, where they said there's no way, it's, it's not possible for them to integrate the legacy servers yeah. with the new servers because of the, the systems, the save systems and things like that. It would take a lot of time for them to do it if they were to try. So I think it is time to part ways with the old Lake Day. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why they're just not taking them all down at this point. Mm -hmm. yeah, I am surprised they're still running those. 
Then they had a reminder for the upcoming new specialty servers, though they're still looking for input, so they haven't really decided on any particular mode. So we'll see what happens there. Otherwise, they also announced Evolution event for May 25th, and that was it for the Community Crunch of 131. Once again, quiet week, though surprisingly there was no new patch this week. I do remember seeing something from, I think, chat saying they were still working out some kinks or something like that. But I had expected it to be a patch launched over this weekend, but I guess not. I guess we'll have to wait until Tuesday for their regularly scheduled patches. Hmm. With that said, it is now time for you to listen to the clippity-clop of chatter as we gallop down Arc Avenue. I try to I try to outdo myself with how bad I can get with these things. It, it's proven to be quite a challenge. Now you know, you, you know you'll win the day that you, you, all you hear is me bumbling something about that not being a door, and then falling over. <laughs> that or I hear the sound of a gunshot and you all just killing yourselves because it was so bad. Now I, I wanted to talk about the Equus. We haven't really started talking about dinos in this game except in. Um, the form of using them for production, farm, and all that stuff. But I saw a clip of uh, Zunit Gaming, who, who does a lot of Twitch streams, you know, getting a kill with a unicorn. And I thought, you know, that reminds me of the time where we were using our horses to f- do some PvP, uh, some PvP, especially towards the end of our time as an alpha on uh, OS 8. I know uh, we used a lot of our horses to do some uh, hit and runs on our, the enemy back then. And just seeing him kill someone with a unicorn was just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I was laughing pretty hard. So what's so great about Equus? I, I wish Trog was here because he loves the uh, the horse more. I think he's probably loves okay, it more th- than I, I do. I mean, to start with, they are they are the, you know, non-flying Argent. Only they're actually more useful. They're Argent's very versatile. very useful now. Uh, good point. They might not be anymore. I'm, I'm thinking pre-TLC uh, uh, pass Argent, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, with enough, with for... a little bit of speed, they're fast. They're already able to carry a great deal with a, with a decent um, saddle. There, uh, they can take enough to get you out after you uh, after you get your strike in. Mm-hmm. The crafting and the kick are just two awesome combinations, especially if you're trying to tame out in the field with you know starting out. Yeah, they're pretty much a gallop and mortar and pestle. So if you wanna, if you got plenty of spoiled meat, but you need to turn into narcotics, but you don't have a cam bench and you don't. Really have uh, a platform dino to go around, gather the berries, and make them on the run. Get yourself a horse, go riding around, p- gathering berries, and then making them, making that the narcotics or cemented base or what have you, and in its inventory, and keep galloping around and moving because it's not going to be hindered by uh, when you're bi- like you are when you build something in your inventory and you get slowed down. How about the I just fact know- that they swim faster than sharks? And yeah, knock out. Hug. Swears up and down that they swim faster than sharks, and that one day he's going to make a submersible a horse. They really do. <laughs> uh, they can knock out an entire pack of aloes with their knockout. Yeah, kick. yeah. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say they can knock out aloes. That's that's when I found out how useful they are. They're that. one of the few dinos that you don't need a saddle to ride, though. A saddle does make it a lot easier uh, to keep them alive and fighting in fighting form. But yeah, rock carrots are great for taming them it's worth taming them because they're they're very versatile 
Though uh, we don't see them very often in PvP, despite them being able to knock people out real quickly, or see that lasso used to great effect. Oh, the lasso! I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's well, too I bad. remember the only it's I've only fun. gotten that to work in uh, in, in quote unquote combat one. So I just was riding past some guys harassing a new on the beach and just grabbed one and kept going. <laughs> yeah, I remember probably the most fun I had with the horses at the time. Like Trog and I took one across uh, an ab- uh, not an aberration server, a Ragnarok server on a long distance mission to go get some stuff, mm-hmm. and that was just a blast. Just you know, galloping across the map. Yeah, I absolutely love them. But in a PvP setting, don't see them much, though we did utilize them quite a bit whenever we could. I love shooting from the back of a horse. I felt like a Native American Indian mm-hmm. <laughs> shooting flame arrows from the back of a horse, moving, sni- then switching to a fab sniper and shooting. Especially in Scorched Earth. Yeah. They were amazing on Scorched. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Arjun can carry them now, if I remember correctly from this uh, TLC. So they're even easier to move around if you don't want to have them running around on the ground because, let's be honest, with raptors, sarcos, capros, makes it really difficult to ride uh, a horse or one of the smaller mounts without fear of being ripped off from the the back of them by wild dinos at this point. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see Wildcard implement some kind of... uh, SEPA, like they talked about in the early days, where you couldn't be pulled off by a, a flyer? No. I wish. P- people will just say that's too... It'll be too detrimental to the balance. Mm, yeah. Your seatbelt is to load yourself with stone. <laughs> Pretty much. Or your grappling hooks, if you've got them. So, what other uses could people potentially use the horses for? I mean, mortar and pestle, a bit of a hit-and-run... One hit knockouts really in PvP if you, can, if you can close that distance on your enemies or if they're stupid enough to come up to you while you're on your horse and you can back kick them. Scouting. Scouting. I think yeah. it's a good scout. Oh, I, yeah, that was like um, when we remember when uh, I went to go fix up the uh, Scorch base. The first thing I ever did was bring over one of my horses. Yeah. Tamed a few new adults over there too. <laughs> And then you have the uh, the unicorn, which is just a skin of the horse. It has no other purpose, really, except for the vanity item. But a lot of people don't know that when you tame the horse, the, obviously the it's one per server, technically. So when you tame it, another one's not going to spawn until it is until the one you've tamed is killed or no longer on the server. And what uh, a lot of people do, and a lot of the mega tribes and alpha tribes will do, is they'll tame the unicorn, upload it into the transfer system, Wait for a new one to spawn the server, tame that, rinse and repeat until they have a a nice pair of high level unicorns and they can start making their unicorn bloodline, which uh once again, vanity item for the most part. Unicorn bloodline. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna have one. We have a unicorn on aberration, just so you know. So I wish that was a special crafting ingredient uh, ingredient, uh, unicorn blood. Why would you want to kill a unicorn for its blood? What is wrong with you? <laughs> what if you could make like, an amazing hey, weapon out of it? Hey, ancient Chinese secret involves, you know, tiger testicles, so why not unicorn <laughs> blood? <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, exotic recipes out there that require uh, testicles of some sort. Yeah, apparently it's a, you know, thing that people... Weird thing. I don't know. I'm going to stop before I say something insulting to large portions of the planet. (laughs) 
So uh, I asked for some stories about people might have had for when it came to the Equus. Uh, not a lot of people responded. In fact, only one person. And that was uh, Al Now Bronco who said, I slaughtered a unicorn before. I got off to harvest a sheep and it was too close. And I was smacking the unicorn with my stone hatchet on accident. Rest in peace. Ouch. And that reminds me of people when they... Uh, don't pay attention when they're piking something to death and the Tyranodon's right behind them and all of a sudden they kill their Tyranodon, which was behind them while they were stabbing in front of them. And they don't realize it's because uh, the pike is a, a de- area of effect damage. Yes, the uh, the, me- the the melee and arc, which is just a freaking... I am... I got back into Conan recently and now I have very little respect for the amount of, of effort they put into the combat animations and arc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think the the melee combat and combat in general could use some uh, TLC itself. Okay, you are swinging your melee gun. That is all you are doing in arc. It is the exact same motion every single time. That's fine with a gun. It's the way it should be with a gun. But with a sword or a pike or a hatchet or pick? All your character does is move their arm up and down. That's it. Yeah. It's so lazy. It's so... Oh, yeah. But then again, we were talking, We said this last week. I think, and I think I put it at the end of the episode where, you know, this is the same game that's still shooter.exe or yeah, a lot of the maps, or a lot of the shooter files game. you'll notice when the map is loading in says um, "work in progress." <laughs> so yeah, what can we say? They really did just slap a uh, 1.0 on it when they were when they decided they needed to, and then, and then just kept going. Mm-hmm. Yep. So aside from Trog's uh, horse story, where uh, how did he come to? I wish he was here because I would have asked. How did he come to figure out that his horse or horses were faster swimmers than a megalodon? Was he just going out into the water and Uh, swimming around? In those days, we had a raft. It was a taming raft way Mm -hmm. out in the ocean, and uh, we we didn't want to take the raft inland to shore, so he swam the horse in. And one day, uh, the inevitable happened. Start getting attacked by a shark, and he got away. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Okay, um, I think that's going to end it here. Though, guys, if you have uh, a horror story you want to tell us, let us know. We'll read it in next week's podcast. Otherwise, can't just... say if you're saying horse or horror. Yeah, I was going to say it's horse, a horse or horror or a horse horror story. <laughs> if you have a horse story or a horse okay. horror story, why not? I'd be curious to see what kind of stories would come about that would be horror. and Maybe not. All right. Just a reminder for you guys, uh, the Arcs Avenue segment is where you can ask us questions or ask us for advice regarding the game. Uh, if you have any, leave them in the comment section or in our Discord channel. I'll provide a link to the channel in the comment section if you would like to chat with us or hang out. The podcast is also available now on iTunes from episode 72 and onwards. So please subscribe to that, and if you leave a review or rate us, that would be awesome, because it is time to close out episode 90 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye, and stay alive, survivors. You know, I'm kind of wondering how long it'll take them to realize people hop in this podcast mid-podcast. (laughs) what was that (laughs) i said maybe i'm just too sober to do this correctly these electric (laughs) cables
because you were drunk when you put them in. The yes, first. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I need to get back into that mindset. <laughs> <laughs> it made sense to me when I was drunk. Now that I'm sober, I haven't a clue. It there was just a crazy zigzag pattern to to get the leveling right. <laughs>